गुरवे गौरचंद्राय राधिकाय टाले कृष्णाय कृष्ण भक्ताय था भक्ताय नमो सो प्रणाम थोड़ा फ्रॉम श्री वृंदावन धाम दिस यू मे बी हियरिंग फ्रॉम द बैकग्राउंड सम हॉन्किंग एंड सम नेटिव लोकल Uh, sounds and also as you can realize i'm i'm sharing this video after kartik but i'm recording it before karting ended as you can see from my face facial hairs <laughs> because during the the following days after kartik ends i will be traveling and it may be a little complicated for me to to record the video So I decided to record it a few days before uh, Kartik stops, but sharing it after it ends. So, yeah. To begin with, well, first of all, thank you so much for uh, all the greetings uh, for my birthday that recently happened, and uh, here I am in Brindavan for a few more days. I'll be going to Ma- to Mayapur on on the end of this November, first day of December, and staying there for a whole month till the end of the year <clears throat> to conclude my parikram in India this year. So, as you can see, for the title of this particular sharing, I wanted to share with you, and also some of you have requested that before Kartika started. If I could share some words regarding my experience with uh, the Govardhan Dandavat Parikram, hmm? so in service to your request and in service to to the experience that has been gifted to me, uh, trying to honor that, I will try to <clears throat> share some words regarding what was my personal experience. Of course, this was a an individual but also a group experience so each one of the remaining members of the group they have to give their own testimony so to say i'll try to speak from my subjective perspective which is basically the only thing we can do at any single given moment <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah a few words on govardhan dandavat parikram of course to begin with what's a dandavat parikram for those who do not know Dandavat means to fall on the ground like a stick with your full body offering obeisances. And Parikram generally is translated as circumambulation, which basically actually is a physical thing, but implies an internal uh, dynamic. Like Parikram actually implies to make our mind revolve around Krishna. By circumambulating whether the deity, whether Govardhan, whether a saintly person, the altar, and so on and so forth. So in this case, <clears throat> Dandavat Parikram is to circumambulate while offering Dandavats instead of normal walking. And Govardhan Dandavat Parikram, of course, means to circumambulate Giraj <clears throat> by doing this, by doing Dandavat. So Giraj is uh, the, the whole walk or circumambulation is approximately 23 24 kilometers and we have been doing we have done this dandava parikram basically every day for two weeks with a few exceptions 
two hours, three hours per day, depending, of course, the personal rhythm, depending the distance to be covered every single day. But that was approx the, the idea, no? We 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 did this Dandavat, Govard and Dandavat Parikram uh, during two weeks. Two, 24 kilometers to three, per, three hours per day. So, <clears throat> well, to begin with, I was invited. Jai Jagannath Prabhu was the one who organized it. It was a retreat, so it was not only the Govardhan Dandavat Parikram, but a retreat around the Govardhan Dandavat Parikram. The Dandavat Parikram in itself is something around to be done around Govardhan, but around that aroundness of the Parikram was the retreat with other activities, as we will see. So Jai Jagannath Prabhu himself did uh, Govardhan Dandavat Parikram last year, and due to the result of the experience, he wanted to extend extend it to others. So very kindly he organized it, uh, and he very kindly invited me to be part of that. So, and, and he organized some series even of meetings before the Dandava Parikram started, once in a week online Zoom meetings, getting together to do 108 Dandavats and reflecting on certain teachings and prayers related to the forthcoming experience. I was not able to join too many of those meetings, unfortunately, due to my travels and the different time zones but I did with a few of them it was very interesting so the invitation was extended and and I agreed <laughs> uh, why I agreed that that's a good question <coughs> excuse me still recovering from the change of season here in Brindavan with some cold some coughing uh, so why I agree well on one side I personally felt invited and felt the need to, I want to put myself by force of circumstance outside of my comfort zone uh, with some situation that demands from me some exertion, some efforts and sacrifice. And also being myself in an anatypical situation, so to say, not the classical situation that I mean in the day on a daily basis. So to see what comes from that, what comes from me, it comes as a result of seeing myself from a different perspective hmm, for a few days, for a few weeks. Uh, also being part of a group and trying to be part of the group as one more of the group. No, I mean, that's what I try always, but <laughs> in this case, I tried even more, no, somehow not being Maharaj, so to say. No? Maharaj visiting and giving the lectures and being the somehow the center of attention, if you will, although that's not something one should look after, but sometimes it ends up happening like that. So this situation for me was a good invitation to just, on some level, kind of merge myself a little bit meet more in, into the whole group. So I, I, I decided that would be a healthy, uh, sobering, humbling, hopefully, experience for me. I need that. Also, I quit social media during Kartik, so that also was another layer of... Uh, I'm comfortable uh, out of the comfort zone situation. And again, mostly trying to embrace sacrifice, trying to embrace effort, uh, difficulty on a healthy way. Namaha, no? like the very idea of, by, by all this trying to embrace the idea of Namaha, which means obeisance. We, we translate doing obeisance with the word Namaha, which means Nama, not me or no my false ego. No? Like, 
the asserting ego is put on the side. So externally, we offer obeisances, we offer pranam, trying to acknowledge who we actually are uh, in eternal service, taking responsibility for the sacrifice we are invited to offer in sacred, in sacred dedication. <clears throat> so all that put together was for me uh, enticing enough to say yes to the invitation of Jai Jagannath Prabhu. And also on another side, I will say that I accepted to be part of the Dandal Parikran retreat due to all that happened in my life during the last year or even by extension during the last four or five years, but specifically during the last year and, and, and the transition that somehow I'm still in. Sometimes the transitions may last longer than the, the situations we were in and we will be in the future sometimes. The longer period of all that are not those two situations, but the transition in itself. So being in the liminal space, I found myself still, and not that something bad, of course. I wanted to offer this personal sacrifice, like take a sankalpa, take some bow, and present some particular petition and prayer in the direction of, of being blessed, basically. <clears throat> being blessed with further... Uh, clarity of prospect hmm? with with deeper honesty in trying to establish a direction in, in the way I conduct myself in this life, in my life, internally, externally, trying to, to request further blessings to move forward or to go through so I can move forward eventually uh, with as much authenticity as I can, with as much as faith I can as much trust in the unfolding, uncertain unfolding of the future that is waiting for me, praying with as much as willingness to take responsibility uh, in service as much as I can uh, in this particular chapter of my life, in this new birth that I have gone after a few deaths. Uh, I'm a born-again Gaudiya. So you have born-again Christian, well, we can have also born-again Gaudiya. I'm born again a few times. We need to die to live a few times. And especially I felt the need to offer this effort and receive these blessings in connection to the principle of guidance in my life. Not only how to remain properly connected with the principle of guidance, with the principle of guru, and receive guidance, continually nourishing my path, but also how to give that as part of my service to the community, how to, in my particular situation, continue giving, receiving, and, and extending some assistance and nourishing and guidance in an authentic way, basically. So I try to offer this Danda Parikran to Giriraj in that connection. I try to, I'm still trying to pray to Sri Radha in her month, Kartik, also called Urja Brata. Urja means resource, interestingly. So one name of Sri Radha is Urjeshwari, which basically means the goddess of resourcefulness. <laughs> a very interesting name. So this is, this is a month to pray from, for proper resources <coughs> so we can continue navigating the particular waves we are invited to dive in. So... Going back to the retreat in itself, the motto of the retreat that I really appreciate, the Jai Jagannath Prabhu kind of uh, encapsulated, described the, 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 the retreat in, in, in the language of the hero's journey for those who have 
are familiar with this term, whether from Joseph Campbell, Bill Plotkin, or other authors. So the hero's journey, which implied basically like leaving one's familiar mm, uh, scenario, so to say, separation, Judge I'm going to put it like that, initiation, mm, or taking distance from the familiar, confronting the unknown, facing your dragons, entering to the belly of the way, whatever language you want to use, and then return, heroic return, the hero's journey. So he used the expression of this is not so much about changing land, the landscape, but acquiring new eyes, learning to see. The same quote-unquote landscape with new eyes. Returning, we start from one place of the journey. We go, if you will, in circles, spiral, and returning to where we started. But now with our vision having been uh, transfigured. So that was the motto, which, of course, I totally appreciated, the, the very dynamic of parikram or circular moving. It's like, okay, I start here and I return to the same, quote-unquote, place by being a new person. So for this to happen, the retreat, again, as I mentioned, was a retreat. So the retreat was framed not only around the doing of the dandavat, physically speaking and internally, whatever was going on, but also every day after the morning dandavat session we had, a uh, writing session with part of the group, free writing for half an hour or so, whatever came in connection to our daily experience. And then in the evening sharing, not only, of course, Kirtan, but also group sharing where in circle we will sit and share uh, whatever we, we want to share that particular day. So basically next I would like to share a few of the insights that came from my heart from such a process. But before going there, I also, during the first days, I, I felt inspired to do some little bit of research, so to say, in connection to what we were about to do, in connection to, to the practice of Dandavat Parikram. And I remember a few days before starting the Dandavat Parikram, I came to know about the very nice verse, uh, Subhashita, which is a type of particular presentation. In Sanskrit, it says, Namanti falino briksha. Namanti Gunino Janaha, Susha Kaschani Murkascha, Nanamanti Kadachana. It's very well known here in India. And basically, <coughs> this verse says, Namanti Falinobriksha, a tree who has fruits bows down. No, its, its branches go down because of the weight of the fruits. No, in the same way, a person with good qualities bow down because he or she has inner fruits that take that person to go down, to be humble. Mm-hmm. While in the opposite, the tree, a dry tree without fruits, is not bowing down, it's standing upright. Mm-hmm. In the same way, this happens with a person, with a fool, basically, with a murka, with someone without good qualities. So I, 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 I like the verse, the poetry, the analogy, and the invitation, because, of course, I personally do not consider myself someone with good qualities that due to the weight of the good fruits I have, I naturally go down. But I took, okay, I will try to go down over Dandavat so I can acquire those fruits. I can acquire those qualities. So in this research also, I, I got to know that, of course, Dandavat, both Dandavat and, and doing Parikram are different angles of bhakti. And, our, and this practice of Danda Parikram includes many other famous angas or limbs of bhakti, like Vandanam, explained by Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami, 
which is offering obeisances or offering prayers as well, Padasivanam, Dhambas, residing in the Dham, Rishmaranam, remembering, Admanivedanam, offering oneself and sense of self. Uh, many of the 64 Angas of Bhakti described by Rupa Goswami, like, again, Bhignapati, expecting the Lord's mercy, Saranapati, surrender, doing Parikram, <coughs> Dandavat Nati, offering Dandavat, uh, making full efforts for the Lord, for sure, <laughs> expecting the Lord's protection, of course, observing Kartik, Sajati, Sangha, association with like-minded devotees. All these are different Angas of Bhakti that can bestow perfection, and somehow all of them are included in the practice of the Dandavat Parikram we, we were going to go through. <laughs> Something nice that I've also found was Jiva Goswami mentioning in the Bhakti Sandarbha that Bandhanam, or offering obeisances, <laughs> is especially uh, recommended for those uh, who themselves feel unfit to, to offer other forms of service. Mm -hmm. So that gives lots of hope. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not, I have not the adhikar for offering any other forms of seva, but I can at least throw myself to the ground <laughs> with as much nakedness, vulnerability, and sincerity as I can. Mm -hmm. And that can bestow all perfection. Jiva Goswami quotes so many verses from Shastra mentioning how by offering even one single dandavat or pranam with sincere heart, all goals can come from that. And this is also so important in, in our tradition, at least in ancient times, we see, for example, the Goswami Sabrindavan Sankhya Purvakanama Gana Nativi Kalavas Nikritu. It is described that they will offer daily, a number of, a fixed number of daily pranam obeisances as part of their daily sadhana as we may have a daily number of rounds we chant or a daily number of meals we take. <laughs> also Dandavat or Pranam was also part of Ansa, which somehow it has been not totally lost, but it's not so, I will say, emphasized in the Gaudiya circles contemporary in contemporary times. So it was a nice way to, to bring that back to life in our own experience. So anyhow... That said, beyond these points that I found in, in a little research, very quick research I did a few days during the beginning of the retreat, I'd like to share a few of the insects that that came uh, from the notes that we took on the daily writing during the parikram. Only my part, again, each of the other participants were like 25 totally, approximately. And each of them, of course, they shared very amazing insects. Uh, but it's their dharma to share to make their own video, so to say. Um, another video, in one sense, should be made also as a separate thing. Someone may do it as a tutorial, so to say, with three tips and tricks, I will say, how to how to perform the parikram. No, even there, are, because there are lots of considerations, even on the physical level, uh, physical preparation, the physical performance, how to take care, what to drink, ideally, electrolytes and so on that one should consider that I came to learn even before and during the parikram. So maybe in the future someone else or someone may do it. But today we'll go more to the inner experience of it. <coughs> so where to begin? <coughs> to begin with, um, well, I must I must confess that during the preparation months before the retreat, because I committed this to Jai Jagannath when we were in Cali in Colombia, that was like probably during um, 
what? April, April, March, April, no, April or May of this year. So the retreat was in October. So we have no, a half a year in between. So I already committed myself to be there. And I was part of some of these online meetings, as I mentioned. And during the preparation, I will say, I don't know, the devotees will do their, their dandavat, 108 dandavat, and they will finish. And I was still doing num dandavat number 60. So I felt myself so much far behind the rest of the of the group dynamics. So I started to feel even physical exertion because, of course, you are not accustomed to do that on a daily basis. So immediately, not immediately, but gradually, the idea started to come, well, maybe I won't be able to do it. Maybe I won't be able to finish. Maybe I may collapse, all these type of things. And we could say also mind resistance, no? because I was not actually doing it yet officially, but some resistance started to come on some level. So that's part of the confession of this sharing as well. But of course, doing it, eventually doing it, and I'm focusing and determining, uh, I'm praying and opening myself to the experience, I realized I was able to do it. So that's the very first lesson that so many times we are our main limitation ourselves. We sometimes, in advance before starting something, we are already canceling uh, our potential, if you will. Although also I must confess that also I, I was able to do it. There were two days that I was not able to do it. I had to do it by walking, not by Dandavat, because I was physically exhausted. I was literally not able to do it. But actually I try also to, to, to agree with myself. I want to do this Dandavat Parikram, not so much in terms of I have to finish it, like a physical goal to attain, but I want to go through the inner experience of it. Whatever it will be, however it will turn out, if I will be able to finish it, if the time and the distances per day I will be able to cover or not, I don't know. I want to be humble and realistic enough to acknowledge that. But I want to be concentrated on having a particular inner experience of being fully present in the moment, whatever I'm doing, however I'm doing, and, to enter in, and, and not to enter into a mood of, I don't know, competition, trying to defeat others, trying to be the first, or if someone is going, passing me, I have to pass him or her, or in any type of meritocracy, you know, like I have to deserve my, my own effort only, or fruitive attainment. Again, I, I, I really pray not to fall into that. I'm not saying I was totally free, but I tried to be free from that. Uh, of course, also not trying to pray for when the last day will come, so this is all over, and so on. All the few times I have to say, I must confess, I pray for these sugarcane juices, sugarcane juice shops to appear on the way to get a drink or something. <laughs> Although it was organized for for a part of the for the group to receive water and some things in, in parts of the journey, so that was especially important. So on the first day, I remember, and I won't be going day by day, it was almost two weeks, but a few memories that come especially from the first days. The very first day, of course, first day, Utsa Amai, as Vishwanath Chakravartak will say, the enthusiasm of beginner. Now, beginning anything, when you begin anything that is new, even as challenging as it may be, it's just beginning, so you are enthusiastic by beginning something. So I was very inspired. Everyone was very inspired. And I will say everyone was inspired throughout the whole thing, despite challenges. But first day is first day. So physically, I was exhausted after doing it. 
but the, the experience was on the first day kind of exhausted body but calm mind. It was interesting because a day before we made the Sankalpa, we got all together, presented the Sankalpa, our bow, our intention, setting our intention for the experience. And uh, on that very first day, it was very interesting how I could internally feel how my Sankalpa, my prayers, were being not so much answered, but were being heard, which of course is the first thing we have to go through. You know, sometimes we we pray and we expect our prayers to be answered, but we don't go through the stage of feeling that our prayers are being heard. So I think that's very important. Before expecting our prayers to be answered, we need to feel heard. And that was a lesson for me. And I felt that first day, I'm being heard. Krishna is hearing me. Krishna is accepting me. I'm being accepted. I'm being heard, hmm? which is, of course, gives so much hope, so much support. So that was basically the first day, despite the physical, of course, exhaustion. Now, the second day, I remember, was collapse, <laughs> physically, but also mentally on some level, because we did, I think, a little bit more than usual. The, pre the first day was one kilometer, one point something, and the next day was like three or something, almost three kilometers. So that was intense, almost double. And and I I was I did almost everything despite the last few meters because I was not able to move along anymore doing that. I was really collapsed. Um, and it was interesting because of course that helped me to realize my own limits to enter into this place of powerlessness, which is very healthy if properly addressed, of vulnerability, of acknowledging I cannot do it. I cannot. Hmm. To say I'm not I once like when you sometimes have to say I don't know, and it may be painful to the ego. I cannot do it by myself. I need help. I need mercy. And I was literally at the end. I remember, and not only me. After sharing the news with others, all others were in a similar situation. Literally thrown on the ground in Dandavat, but without able being able to move any longer. Just falling on the ground, falling, <laughs> falling upward. Uh, Literally grind, lying with my face on Braja's, on Govardhan's Braja's ground soil and breathing the soil of Braj entering to my nostrils and so exhausted I was not even able to lift my head, just maybe with my head on one side, but just having Braja's soil into my nostrils, each pore infused with baptism scars, basically. That's as, as exhausting as it was, was glorious simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the, the very name of Govardhan. No? Go Bardhan. Bardhana means to nourish. And Go can mean, among other things, to nourish one's senses. So I was feeling at that moment totally exhausted, but breathing and, and feeling so much closeness and intimacy with Braja's soil, breathing that. No? My senses being nourished by each of my pores and senses being infused with bhaktis and scars. So anyhow, that was day two. On day three, uh, this is what comes to mind. Again, I may not go through each one of those days. It may be too long. But day three, <coughs> after the, the day of collapse, I was so collapsed on day two that day three I was not able to join the group in doing Dandavat. And I had to acknowledge that. I have to acknowledge my, my limitations, basically. Hmm? So I, I did that same section later on the day by walking. 
but what I did, and it was an inspiration that came. It was not my plan, and it, so therefore it's not my merit. But what I did is I knew that the rest of the group was doing the parikram at certain times. So I was in my room chanting japa, and I what I did, I, I, I went through the whole list of the members of the group, and I was going through each of them. I'm like accompanying them mentally while they were doing their dandavat parikram in my room while chanting japa, trying to pray for them, or even more importantly, I was trying to pray with them, knowing that they were praying in their own dandavat parikram. So that was very, uh, how to say, very surprisingly enlightening, because I realized by doing that, I realized, well, I can participate, how, how much you can participate in any given work, teamwork in this case, how much you can participate from so many different places or angles, you know, how much we limit ourselves by, by thinking, okay, I can only participate in this Dandava Parikram in this unique way, by going with them physically. And do but in my particular case, by force of circumstance, I was forced and therefore invited <laughs> to participate from another place, which of course this template extends to any other situation in life, which generally we idealize I should participate in this way. I should be a member of Krishna consciousness in this way. I should practice bhakti from this way. But actually, there are so many other angles and possibilities. So those were my first experiences regarding also to collapse. And I think also another important lesson that came to me regarding collapse was something tricky because, as I already mentioned to you, I wanted to push myself to my limits or beyond my limits, I want to make some effort, some sacrifice. I knew it was going to be hard, difficult, painful. And I want to go through that, not in a masochist spirit, but on a healthy level. So I wanted to do that, but also I had to acknowledge <clears throat> my limits and not go beyond that and not be violent toward my sadaka deha, my body of a practitioner. So also that was a tricky balance. Hmm? Uh, like that I had to do, no? to make, and, and not only me, all of us in any given situation, to make some effort, to make some sacrifice, but to not overexert to the point of himsa or violence and to the point of some type of arrogant stubbornness. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I can do it, I can do it, and it becomes an ego thing at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. and, and so I remember when I talked with Jajana, he told me, yeah, we have to honor our limitations, and I really like the way he put it, no, we have to honor our limitations. We don't have to stigmatize our limitations to demonize our others' limitations, but learn to honor them without being, of course, complacent, lazy, lazy or evasive, but know their place and honor them. So that was a humbling, <laughs> sobering lesson during those days of, of collapse. <laughs> and again, it was humbling because, as you can hear, some local music coming, Raja's soundtrack, modern soundtrack. The motto of the retreat was, again, changing one's eyes, as Srila Siddhar Maharaj will say, change your angle of vision, and not so much the landscape. So for me, it was also, okay, doing this Dandar Parikram is changing my eyes. Let's learn to see reality from the soil, from the ground. Let's go to the ground and, and, and discover how the world looks from the ground, being accustomed to look at everything from the ground for two weeks, which of course is quite close to the notion of 
Trinada Peace Tunichi and Mahaprabhu will say, become lower than the straw in the street. Sometimes the straw in the street will grow, I don't know, this size. So by what does it mean to go below that? Well, I will say if you do Bandavat, sometimes you go, the, the grass may be here and you will go here. So you are literally going, <laughs> you are lower than the grass. Of course, it's still physical, but that physical movement hopefully may stir some inner movement. And that's how it may begin. If nothing is moving internally, maybe something can move externally and that can stir some inner movement. So the idea of humility is very connected to the idea of, of soil and having this nuanced perspective of reality from below. You know, the very word humility comes from the Latin humus. And humus means earth or soil, interestingly. So humility is so much tied to this groundedness and this going down instead of looking everything from up to down, from down to up and learning to venerate, revere everything. Like Srila Siddha Maharaj will say in Golok, we will be walking with our heads on the ground, like walking of the opposite direction because everything is worthy of being venerated. So you have this connection of terms, you no know, humus, humility, human, why not? Being human has to do with humility, humiliation, not having others humiliating us in a dysfunctional way, but going ourselves through situations where we are humiliated. The ego is humiliated in a healthy way. Again, that's necessary for humility. So humus, humility, humiliation, human. Why not humor? Humor, 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 humor. humor. As why not? So all this very much in connection again to, to humility, my extension to the whole verse of Sikshastakam, the Mahaprabhu, for me was this realization came, okay. Because someone told me in, in between the retreat, oh, doing Dandava Parikram, he said, my Gurudev doesn't consider that too effective. He considers that chanting Japa is always more effective than doing Dandava Parikram. And I respect the opinion, but also I will say it all depends what's going on inside and how we address all this. No? Because, and, and one thing is not disconnected from the other because... Dandava Parikram can be totally related to the third verse of Chikshastakam, which depicts the qualities that will take our chanting to its ultimate level. Krishna Daskaraj Goswami will say, without fully embracing the third verse of Chikshastakam, there is no hope of you attaining Prem through chanting. So this verse of Chikshastakam speaks about Sunichina, Sanishahishunama, Ninama, Nadena. And these four can really be experienced doing Dandava Parikram from the proper place. Humility, tolerance, there is so much to tolerate. Offering respect, there is so much not expecting respect yourself. Mm. So for me, it's deeply tied. Mm. Also one day, I remember one of the, <clears throat> another like experience that came very naturally, like an epiphany, if you will, was like, Okay, many lifetimes have passed for me to be doing this. Many lifetimes have passed for me to be falling repeatedly at the feet of Giriraj and bathing my body daily with the dust of Raj. Such a privileged, so to say, situation. So, so many lifetimes, so much journey has been in between for me to reach this particular point. And I felt with each, each particular step, Again, this came spontaneously. I was not thinking about something lofty. 
and interesting to share in the in the evening meeting with the rest of the group. It just came. But with each step in this parikram, it is done the parikram. I'm somehow redeeming each of my previous lifetimes. No, like my life is being justified, so to say. And we have to justify our own existence somehow or other. So this going down also and getting closer and closer to the soil of Raj also, how to say, gave this experience of further intimacy. And our tradition is a lot about intimacy, not only intimacy with Krishna and Raj and the unique mood of service there, but about with intimacy with everything, with ourselves, with our own emotions, uh, with other people, our relationships, how we relate to everything, hopefully in terms of Proximity, closeness, trust, confidence, intimacy. So getting closer to the earth, embracing our sustaining ground, honoring Mother Earth, of course. All this was enhancing this experience of intimacy. In this connection in particular to the dust of, of Vrindavan, which is, of course, one of the very defining features of Braj. You will find so many verses. We shared a few also in our group about the glories of the dust of Raj. In fact, to make a play of words, a famous scholar here in Braj told Krishna Goswami, he will speak about in Braj about Benu, Denu, and Nirenu. So Benu refers to the flute, Benu Git, no? the flute of Krishna. Denu, like Kama Denu, Denu means cow. Raj is Golok, Gokul, the land of cows, the land of the flute, and Renu. Renu means the dust. Sometimes called Raj, Braja Raj or Braja Renu. So this is one of the defining features of Braj. And hopefully this dust that defines Braj can also define ourselves. <laughs> so many prayers in the scriptures praying to become a particle of dust at the feet of Bhagavan. So Dandava Parikram was very very becoming experience to get close to that realization. And of course, regarding the intimacy I was talking about, I will say that if there's a, that's a personal advice, but if you want to win the, the hearts of the local Brajavasis, probably there's nothing better you can do than doing Dandava Parikram to go hard. <laughs> it was incredible to see how, how charmed they were by seeing us, especially Westerns, doing this Dandava Parikram. And they really deeply valued that. They felt really moved. Many times they will get close to us. I remember... On the very last day, when a group of, of devotees came into the devotees, no, they were not Brajavas in this case. I think they were from Punjab, but they were like like in shock. Like, why are you doing this? Asking. And we will reply, but, but you are not from here, and you are doing this with so much dedication, and we are from here, and we are not doing that. You are reminding us, which is our culture, and they were like totally moved, and we were totally moved as well. So I will say, yeah, that's one of the tricks for gaining access to Braj. Now you want to enter the essence of Vrindavan, of course, the blessings of the locals uh, are always important. And they were very supportive. No? They, we were, many of us will share that insight. Now we were doing the Dandav Parikram, many of us will pass close to us and Radha Radha, Jai Shri Radha, Jai Shri Krishna, Gaur Hari Bol, like chanting, giving us uh, encouragement and strength and admiring that. Uh, the cars will stop when we will have to cross some urban areas, some streets. 
it was very strange. You can imagine trying to do that in your local city in the West, crossing an avenue on the floor. <laughs> you are in jail after five minutes, but here the rickshaws and big trucks and cars will stop and allow you to cross and do your dandelbury. So there was some deep sense of respect for what we were doing. And of course, that can be tricky because you can also fall into the Tarangarangini or enjoying the, the benefits of back thinking, oh, I'm I'm receiving so much respect. I'm so high. I'm doing Dandabat Parikram. They're just merely doing Parikram. All this nonsense. But of course, it was the actual purpose of that was it was humbling to receive those blessings. Even it was funny one day, almost one of the last days <laughs> after two weeks of just been doing Dandabat Parikram every day, passing most of my day on the ground. Uh, I was dreaming because many of us, uh, we were sharing also, we were at one point starting to dream that we were doing Dandavat Parikram. So I was dreaming we were doing, not Dandavat Parikram, but we were doing Parikram walking. And somehow I felt with myself like, but why we are not doing Dandavat Parikram and just Parikram? Why we are walking and not falling on the ground? (laughs) So that was interesting. And also it's interesting what I feel now after doing the Dandava Parikram, not even while doing it, when we were sharing that I was doing Parikram and others were doing Parikram, of course, part of my group, but also other people doing Dandava Parikram. For now that I'm not doing the Dandava Parikram anymore, but I'm walking, but I've seen others doing Dandava Parikram, just what comes into your heart, what you feel. When we were doing Dandava Parikram, other unknown people will pass doing and we will just cross glances for a few seconds and that was it no we were really knowing we were on the same page where we were and each one continued their their odyssey their journey and of course regarding support as i already mentioned not only the support of the local brajavasis was so charming and unnecessary but also the the fact of making this whole danda parikram a group experience that of course made that way more possible than if one may try to do it just by oneself. I personally don't know if I will be able to finish the whole thing just by myself. So a group effort, a teamwork, of course, you can imagine how much support to know that you are doing it. And even when you are fully struggling, there are 20-something others of your tribe, so to say, of your family. In this case, we call it Dandavati family. That They are doing it and they are praying. That was that gave so much strength to continue. And many times we were doing it together with other devotees along, talking, sharing Harikata, sharing our experiences, uh, sharing our hearts and minds, singing together. Or sometimes we will stop in some points of the Danda Parikram, or some devotees will stop and recite prayers to Giriraj or sing some kirtan, and you will just pass and hear that or stop and join them, or stop and do some tree hugging. <laughs> many sacred trees there we will get together embracing each other while embracing the trees but anyhow all this reminding us of the very principle of <clears throat> how much we need each other of course danda parikra was a very individual effort no? it was very personal in terms of personal effort and sacrifice and experience but also was totally collective and group like sankirtan i like to describe sankirtan as something you cannot do by yourself. By yourself, we can just do some kirtan. But some kirtan, we need each other for that. So that was a very interesting extension of the experience of Hobson kirtan. 
So yeah, of course we needed each other, especially again, the, the experience was physically intense and therefore mentally intense, physically exhausting and some days more exhausting than others. As you can imagine, it was not just every day in the same inner experience nor outer, mm -hmm. but especially on the physical level, I mean, it's still there are a few, a few weeks still, I have a few, maybe you can see there, I have my stigmata. <laughs> this one is recovering already. <laughs> but a few markings and some recovery after a few weeks. But anyhow, it's, it was worth the, the challenge. It was difficult. It was difficult, but as I like to say in my, say in my book and in my classes, the opposite of easy is not difficult, it's impossible. So on the two extremes, you have easy and impossible. The middle point between easy and impossible is difficult. So difficult means the middle point, the middle path, and we are supposed to thread the middle path. And it was difficult, I can tell you. Every step was difficult. <laughs> Every step was an effort. There was some slight degree of suffering even. So that also to suffer on a healthy level, sustainable level, is a way of empathizing with suffering, willing, being willing to... to I mean, ultimately in our traditions, we want to serve Sri Radha and, and, and her suffering and assist her in her Mahaprabhu, in their divine sacred suffering. So... It's a good way of creating some empathy in that. And maybe tears, in some cases, tears may be coming physically through our eyes, but even in an, in, if tears are not coming in our eyes, in an exercise like this, at least tears can be coming in the form of sweating and somehow watering, pouring out our pores in some way or another. So Dandava Parikram was a lot about that, a lot about sweating, crying, effort, sacrifice, prayer, and of course, again, being heard, being accepted, being received, being supported, being accompanied. Um, and that's what makes us, you know, like the famous saying says, we are all made of strength and struggle, strength and struggle. And the two are somehow intertwined. One is taken to another naturally. So it was a very beautiful experience, I must say. It was a very symbolic experience of how the whole journey goes. And that's why the whole Danda Parikram was framed as a, as a journey, as an odyssey. Hmm? How progress happens, how the journey happens. You know, the, the journey in our inner life uh, is happens step by step, basically. Hmm? And literally, in this case, was step by step, one step at a time, you know, one step at a time. Danda Parikram, Danda Parikram. One step, or if you want to put it, one funeral at a time. Sometimes they say that progress happens one funeral at a time. No? Funeral in the sense of dying to live. You have to die to something to be born to something else. You have to die to some conception to be born to a higher conception. You have to leave behind. You have to let it go a certain version of who you are to attain a higher version. Higher ver you have to left behind a certain version of Christian consciousness to embrace a higher, deeper version. You have to leave behind a certain notion or version of who Krishna is to discover a deeper one. So step by step, one step at a time, one funeral and rebirth at a time. So this way, at the, at the end of the retreat, <clears throat> regarding this original invitation to make the circle, starting from one place, do the circle and reach the same place with new transformed eyes, I think all of us felt these blessings of the full circle journey. They're returning to the quote-unquote same point but with new eyes being somehow transfigured transformed on some level of course 
it doesn't mean that I'm done with it. I'm completely transfigured. No need for further transfiguration. The journey ended. Nothing, nothing close to that. <coughs> mm -hmm. So, of course, at the end, I felt. That's why I felt at the end of the parikram. Of course, some farewell was coming or some nostalgia. This is the end. We are finishing. But in one sense, at least I personally felt. All this is not the end at all. I mean, I, I think that the end of the retreat, quote unquote, end is just we were gaining momentum to continue from whatever we are now. <laughs> uh, our journey to continue changing our eyes, to continue changing our vision. This two week odyssey, of course, helped very beautifully to find this, rediscover ourselves from a new place. But from that new place of rediscovery, we have to continue, <laughs> to continue. And, and that has happened to me at least for, from the end of the Dandal Parikram till today, two weeks after approx. Mm, uh, that all that I went through through the remaining the next two weeks till today, and for sure in the future, demonstrated that the that the journey goes on, you know, that we never reach a final place where we are expected to do nothing more, so to say. Actually, the journey goes on eternally. Mm. So, anyhow, a few words. Uh, of reflection regarding my experiences with the Danda Parikram. Uh, so the retreat was finished officially, and again, it continues in other ways, like two weeks ago. So after that retreat, I have uh, visited almost three weeks ago. I visited Radha Kunda for a week with my friend Radha Madha Prabhu. I, 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 he told me he shared some pictures a few weeks ago. Maybe you have seen them. Very nice time with him and his family there. And then these last two weeks of Kartik, I've been here more in Brindavan in the area of Gyangudri. Uh, so in a few days, Kartik is finished. Uh, at least in a few days from my recording this, when you are seeing this video, Kartik will be finished. So I will be traveling to Navadvip, specifically to Mayapur, but visiting areas in Navadvip for the whole month of December. Uh, so I will be back after Kartik. I will be back online with my usual online dyna dynamics for better or for worse. Let's see. <laughs> so I hope to see you there with future, whatever, exchanges, lectures, uh, eventually podcasts and other news mm, that will be gradually shared. But meanwhile, mm, see you all in the inner chamber of prayer. Mm. Sri Sachinandan Gaur Hari Ki Jai, Sri Giriraj Maharaj Ki Jai, Sri Kartik Brata Ki Jai, Govardhanandal Parikram Ki Jai, Gaur Bhaktavrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanand Hari Hari Gaur, Vanchakal Patarubhyasya, Kripasanduvyaiva Chapatitanam Pabane Pya Vaishnavibhyanam, Anantakoti Vaishnavrinda Ki Jai. See you very soon.